In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. I must tell you that I have mixed emotions as we come to our study today because when you come to the end of Revelation chapter 20, you find two different perspectives on the last days on this earth. In Revelation 20, beginning in verse 7 down through verse number 15, you see uh, the last occasion where we see the devil. And I must tell you that when I see that, I rejoice. I praise God. There's a celebration going on in my soul to think there's coming a day he will be no more. It's final. But also in the same passage of Scripture, we have the last mention of lost souls. The last mention of those who did not know the Lord Jesus, who did not follow the truth and their final destination. And I tell you, it's final. And so that's why my heart is torn because I rejoice in our victory, but I, I mourn, I grieve, I weep when I think, of those who do not know Christ and who will be lost. Uh, this is a joyful and a sobering passage, and it's final. Now let's begin in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 7. It says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Remember, he's been shut up for a thousand years. The millennial reign has been so wonderful. Christ has been ruling and reigning in righteousness. Can you imagine? Uh, perfect uh, rule, perfect government. Uh, that's something this world has never known. But then Satan is loosed out of his prison. And verse 8 says, And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So here we have the final rebellion. One more rebellion. Guess who's leading it? The devil. The greatest rebel of all. And he hates God so much that after a thousand years in God's prison, he still comes against the Lord. And now his doom is already set. It's already settled. Uh, he's defeated. Uh, this war could never win. This attack on the holy city of Jerusalem has no chance. And yet it is a reminder of who the devil is. And it's also a reminder of how wicked and sinful the human heart can be. That after being under Christ's righteous rule, people would still follow the devil and still march against Jerusalem. So this is the final rebellion. In verse number 9, we have the final destruction. The Bible says, And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. There are a number of places through the Scripture where God sent fire down from heaven. Remember, our God is a consuming fire. And it is significant here that Satan and his army thought they would bring destruction to Jerusalem. Instead, God brings destruction to them. And God doesn't even need His army to destroy them. No, God just speaks and fire comes out of heaven and consumes them. It is the final destruction. Verse 10 goes on to say, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. It's final, friends. God says, All right, I let you out of prison. You proved yourself yet again to this world. Uh, I knew who you were, but now everybody knows who you are. 
and he is cast into the lake of fire as his permanent abode. It's final. When you come to verse number 11, you come to the final judgment. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Now you'll remember that believers stood at the judgment seat of Christ uh, to receive rewards, but now we have a different judgment. This is this is the second resurrection. Remember, the first resurrection being those who knew the Lord, the second resurrection being those who do not. And now they stand at a second judgment, and it is the great white throne judgment. This white throne, a reminder of God's holiness, God's purity. Can you imagine every filthy thing coming before the white throne? Can you imagine every ugly, defiled thing coming before a holy God? And that's why the Bible says there was found no place for them. What a sad phrase. No place, no place in heaven, no place with God, no place among the righteous ones. Who will be there? Verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great. doesn't matter who you are. Everybody's going to stand before God. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, plural. And another book, singular, was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. You see, God writes many books. Uh, We're studying one of them today, God's eternal Word, His Scriptures. But He has a book there called the Book of Life. In it, we know as a record of every person that belongs to Him. God knows who belongs to Him. He knows those who truly have put their faith in Him. Is your name in that book today, my friend? And in addition to that book where there are names, there are many books where there are records of the things that people have done in their bodies. And the Bible says on that day, these unbelievers will stand before God and answer for their works. Now, notice the contrast, because when we come before the Lord, it is to receive rewards for the things we've done in our bodies, uh, for the works since we came to know the Lord. But uh, we are not being judged for our salvation at the judgment seat of Christ. No, that's been settled because of Christ's work on the cross. So in the end, people either rest on Christ's work or they must rest on their own works. And I want to tell you, dear friend, that none of your works will get you to heaven. None of your works will pass the bar. None of your works will meet uh, the standard at the great white throne. It must be Christ or nothing. Paul said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Only God can make you clean. Only God can make you ready for heaven. And I wonder... Which judgment will you stand at? Because everybody's going to stand before God. Verse 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. You see, on that day, uh, the works, the lives of these lost people themselves will accuse them before God. Because all of us are sinners. None of us are righteous on our own. None of us have any merit on our own that could stand before God. This, my friends, is the final judgment And it leads to the final destination. Verse 14 and 15 say this, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Sometimes we say that the eternal destination of the lost is hell. And the eternal destination of the saved is heaven. Actually, that's not technically accurate. We're going to find in the next chapter that uh, the saved are not just headed to Heaven, we're going to a new heaven, to a new earth, and to a new Jerusalem. And where are the lost going to? Not just to hell. 
The Bible says in the end, all of death and all of hell would be cast into the lake of fire. That's the final destination. And could I point something out to you? That's where Satan is. That's where the beast and the false prophet are. Verse number 10 tells us that's their final destination and it's also the final destination of all who reject Jesus Christ. And yet I'm glad to report to you that God didn't create that for you. No, that was created for the devil and his angels. If you go there, it will be of your own will and of your own works. No, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Friend, it's final. When you get to the end, there's a final rebellion, there's a final destruction, and there's a final judgment, and there's a final destination. And on that day, it will be too late. And so I want to challenge you today, while there's still time, while God is seated not on His judgment seat, but on His mercy seat, would you put your faith in Christ and Christ alone for your soul's salvation? Would you call on the Lord now and be saved? Would you say to the Lord, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner? God will answer that prayer, and it can be final in your life. You can have eternal life and never perish. My friend, do not wait until it's too late, because very soon the King is coming. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.